Welcome to my podcast, Peace, Love, and Pets. I am your host, Sandy Kamen Wisniewski. Join me and my guests as we share our personal stories of struggles and triumphs as we continue our path of spiritual growth. We'll share story after story, many that include animals, our great teachers in this life. We are all souls living a human experience on paths of self-discovery here on planet Earth. On this podcast, my goals are to give you tools to help serve you on your personal path of evolution. Individually and collectively, we can create a world filled with peace and love. Let's do it together. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Peace, Love, and Pets. I am your host, Sandy Kamen Wisniewski. I am the founder and director of Animal Education and Rescue, a nonprofit humane society and rescue for animals. You can visit our website at www.aear.org. You can also learn more about my other services on my website, www.mindfulspirit.net. If you are interested in any of my books, you can find them on my website, sandykamenwisniewski.com. Hello, everyone. This is Sandy Kamen Wisniewski with Peace, Love, and Pets, and this is my podcast. Today, I have a guest on with me. He's been on here before, and I'm sure he'll be on here many times in the future. And so I'd like to introduce Chuck Wisniewski. Hello. And Chuck is my husband, my best friend, my life partner, and sometimes my, I don't know, comedy partner and all sorts of different things. So I'm glad to have you on today. And I thought we would do a subject that can be a little bit sensitive to some people, but I think it's an important one to get people's, or to have them hear our perspective, even if they don't agree with it. How does that sound? Okay. Okay, so you're going to have to talk louder. (coughs) Okay. Because the microphone's by me. Okay. All right, so I wanted to talk about something I hear all the time about people saying that they're animal lovers and that they want to do everything they can to protect animals. And you and I have had this conversation before. And it is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine because to me, if you're an animal lover, you love all animals and you don't want to harm any animals. But... To some people, that means that they love domesticated animals like dogs and cats and things like that, but their regard for other animals like farm animals is not as much because they eat animals. Now, let me backtrack just a little bit, and everyone that's listening to this podcast that are meat eaters, please don't discontinue listening to this and let me let me tell you why first of all we live in a world of meat eaters and we 
we have to live amongst meat eaters every day and we have made a resolve in our lives to accept people for their choices of what they put in their mouths and what they eat. We've learned to accept that and live with and still love and care for other humans that eat meat. And so the only thing I ask of you is if you are meat eaters, do us the courtesy by at least listening to our perspective, even if afterwards you mull it over, you think about it, and you're still completely opposed to what we're saying, at least there's a mutual understanding of where we all stand and can have a deeper respect for each other. Because one thing I think as a vegetarian trying to be vegan person is, is that I really work very hard to not seem radical. But also from my perspective, I have to work really hard not to see meat eaters as being radical. Does that make sense to you? Yes, and I, I think though, why a lot of people can say I love animals and still eat meat is because they're, they've never really associated the two together. They don't think about it. I think a lot of subjects in life, you know, other than eating animals, people are just on autopilot and they grew up and they were fed this food and it didn't really sink in what was going on. Um, you know, the, the image of uh, uh, on TV or, you know... Um, in ads. In ads is that, that these happy animals live on a farm. Old MacDonald had a farm and everyone's happy. And it, they don't, in their mind, really understand this is a cow. It's being killed. It's being chopped up. And now I'm eating it. They don't... That is completely... And they don't want to think about it. And that's why some people might be tuning out right now because it's difficult for them to face that. But, but even if you're not ready to face that, at least listen to our story, our personal story in making that life choice and stick with us even if you choose not to agree, okay? Just respect us enough to listen to what our perspective is because we have certainly heard throughout all our entire life the perspective of meat eaters. Fair? I think that's fair. Right, and we're, I'm not judging anybody and we're not, not trying anyone to convert to anyone right we're right. not telling anyone what to do we're not judging people in fact that's another point along with that that uh you know i hear from uh the animal people is that they don't like people and that's that's uh, the people you when you say the animal people you mean people that say they love animals right people that say they love me and we're, we're we always have dogs with us here <laughs> And that was one dog. Sassy going. Pancho Taco Nacho. He's got three names because Sandy kept forgetting his name when he first came to the orphanage. And he's kind of sassy. Um, that that was him playing with uh, Buddy. Well, playing is is very generous. Yes. Well, we're, we stay he was positive being mean. here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, people that are in the animal world kind of say that, uh, you know, they love animals and something... Something happens, uh, they, they see some kind of rescue going on, and they say that, you know, they don't like people, um, that people are bad. And that also kind of bugs me along with, with the, you know, them eating animals, is that, that 
we can't not like people. We okay, get, so we, let's. Those are two subjects. Two let's, subjects. But can we table that? We can get to that in a bit. Bit. Okay. okay. I want to keep us on subject, right. but don't let me forget because we'll get back to that because that's a really good perspective to to chat about. But why don't we talk first about our background and how where you know how we grew up? Why don't you tell everyone? you know, what kind of food you ate as a kid and what you thought of eating meat and then becoming vegetarian, your perspective now. Well, I'm the same as, you know, in that past life, I um, I didn't think about it. I, I didn't know. I didn't... When you were a kid, you were talking about... When I was a little about. kid, yeah, you just didn't think about it. It just was food and you ate it and you didn't associate that this came from an animal you grew up in the suburbs grew up in the suburbs and um, not on a farm not on a farm right i always uh always cared for animals always had respect for other living beings and um you know i again when i found out as i started getting older it wasn't it was still i was guilty of pushing it away and not facing it um fast forward uh we were married and it just uh, came to me that, you know, this is, I need to, to face this. And I just made a decision that I would not kill a, an animal to eat it. And I'm, to me, it was cowardly. And, you know, I don't know what, the right way to say it, but to let someone else do it and for me to pretend like it's, it's you know, it's just a hamburger. It's not Hypocritical? Hypocritical, yeah, that would be, and so I just said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not a coward or a hypocrite, so I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to eat animals anymore. And that was how long ago? Oh, 29 to 30 years ago. Well, go by our oldest daughter, right. who's 30, going to be 34, so, so it was 33, 33 years ago. Yeah, 33 years yeah. ago. And I did that independent from, from you. Right. talking to you um it was just a personal decision so that no one pressured me or said it was just something that i became aware of and faced it and made a decision right so my my decision to become i'm going to call myself vegan ish because and i'll explain what that means in a bit to me but was similar to Chuck's. I grew up in the suburbs and we ate a lot of meat. Uh, we ate in our family, we kept kosher. So that means that the meat is slaughtered a certain way to create. If you said meat, it's the animals. Animals, right. Well, See, right. That, you're still that programming's in there. Well, I mean. Right, I know. I don't. I mean, the program is I don't eat meat. So right, I know, I'm trying but, to be respectful to the people that are on here to some extent okay but anyway so the animal is slaughtered so that by supposedly slitting its throat and letting the all the blood drain out and they say a rabbi's there and a rabbi says a prayer over the animal when it's killed i'm not kidding that's how they do it and so that's the kind of animals we ate and I didn't even taste unkosher meat till I was an adult or a teenager, I should say. But in any event, we did eat things like we didn't eat any pig products because it wasn't kosher. So we ate a lot of chicken 
and beef and then occasionally lamb. Uh, But as a kid, I knew something was wrong with it. And I questioned my mom many times. And I knew that kosher meat was different than regular meat. And I questioned that as well. And I spent my childhood questioning the answers or the brush-offs I would get from my family because I couldn't, They basically my mom would either avoid the question when I would ask her a question or she would say it and then walk away because it was easier than trying to go into depth with me with what really happens to animals and she probably didn't want to face, face it either. So I had this game in my head where I would look around the table at everybody eating their animal products, their meat, and I would say in my head, it must be something other than meat because my family would not do anything to harm animals. It didn't make sense to me. You know, we lived in the suburbs, but my dad had a farm in the country. It was an apple orchard farm. So uh, every other weekend, we would travel from Highland Park to Mundelein, which now is not very far, but it seemed like forever far away. And we would pass a lot of farm fields with cows, with lambs, with, you know, horses and chickens. And I would see these live animals and I would just say, there's no way my family would harm any of these animals. It doesn't make sense. But in any case, I still ate animals because I didn't know any other way. And then at really the same exact time Chuck was deciding to become vegetarian, I became vegetarian as well. And our kids were raised vegetarian, our adult kids, Sarah and Danny, and they're now 34 and 33. And our now third child, 15-year-old Danny, is being raised, I think it's called pescatarian, which is eats fish, but nothing else. And I'm, I'm not supportive of eating fish, Chuck eats fish, so he's technically a pescatarian as well. Uh, Again, he and I differ in our opinion of that. Um, I don't believe in killing any animals. As a matter of fact, I lean towards veganism. So let me just explain real quick what the difference between vegan and vegetarian and pescatarian is from my understanding. So a vegetarian is someone that does not eat any animals. So they don't eat cows, they don't eat pigs, they don't eat lambs, that kind of thing. But they do eat animal byproducts. Animal byproducts would be like cheese and eggs and milk and things like that that come from animals. Then vegans, there's different types of vegans. And there's vegans that eat no animals, no animal byproducts. They don't wear any animal byproducts like leather. They don't eat things like uh, like honey because honey comes from bees and that's not good. And then, so there's a range of veganism and I lean into the veganism, which is no animal byproducts, so no eggs, no cheese, no milk, that kind of thing. But I, I call myself vegan-ish because I, while I don't eat any animals at all, any, you know, including fish, occasionally I'll have an omelet when we go out to eat, or occasionally I'll eat cheese, but I'm really trying hard to stay vegan as much as possible, 
but sometimes I fall off the bandwagon. And, uh, and we're not going to get into the depth other than that between veganism, vegetarianism, and pescatarianism because that's a whole other topic. But we really want to just talk about our perspective and why we, uh, we decided to not eat meat. So, Chuck, when you became vegetarian, you decided you were going to do that because you didn't want to be hypocritical anymore. Same reason I also became vegetarian. Hugely freeing for me. Hugely. All that guilt I felt about eating meat, of course, was gone. I felt like I was one with the universe. I could look at cows and pigs and lambs and know that I'm not doing anything to harm them. Was it difficult for you once you made the decision? No, once I made the decision, that was it. I, I, you know, it was a realization that was, you know, you that you, you know, that I faced that was being, you know, um, pushed down. Um, you know, that because uh, you were just brought up that way. I mean, I was brought up, and it was one of those things you don't think about, um, and subconsciously, probably because it would be difficult if you had to face it like a lot of other things in life but uh it so happened that i it, it came to be in front of me and i faced it and i thought about it and made a decision after that it wasn't uh there was probably you know it's probably a little period of you know how could i have done, you know why didn't i think about this before but uh i don't i don't recall having a time where i beat myself up over it or was upset it was just Okay, from here forward, I, I now am enlightened with the idea of that these are animals and I wouldn't kill them, so I'm not going to let someone else kill them and eat them and pretend like everything is just hunky-dory. And, I, you know, we've, in the past, we've talked to people, you suggest, hey, watch this, this TV show or this documentary. And pe- Knives over forks, everyone. Documentary. Knives over forks. And people will see... I mean, no, no. Forks over knives. Sorry. Forks over knives. And I always pe- screw that so up. So people will see uh, in these documentaries how they kill these animals, and then they'll say, oh my gosh, I'm not eating meat. Well... Wait, let me... Let me I, I know I interjected. Hang on. Okay. It's forks over knives, and they do not show any animals being slaughtered. Other, there are other documentaries that do. Yeah, and, and people, I wouldn't recommend those to very... Right. I, I'm not t- yeah. saying you have to watch that, but there, people have, and they'll say, oh, I couldn't eat you know, meat for a couple days. But their old programming goes back into yeah. place because they were shocked at seeing what they saw, but they didn't face it, and they didn't really think about it. And that they went back into zombie mode. And pretend and push that down, those thoughts down, so that they could go on with their life uh, in that same framework where they just don't think about it. And I think not only you know eating animals, but there's a lot of things in our life that we do that with. That we go back to old programming. We just, we just allow that, right? Two things I want to bring up, and don't let me forget both of them. One is empaths, and they're leaning into vegetarianism and people that grow up and that are farmers, meaning dairy farmers or meat farmers or small Mm -hmm. hobby farmers. So let's talk about the hobby farmer thing. 
you know, every great now and then I will put on my Facebook page something about being vegetarian and but it's very mild. I'm very mindful not to offend people and there's so many more meat eaters in the world than there are vegetarians. I just don't I don't want people attacking me if I share my viewpoint. But one time I posted something very sweet and mild. I thought it was really good. And one, a couple people said, I was born on a farm and this is just what we do. We just eat animals and we don't view it the way you do. Here's the thing. Those people that grew up with it, they saw their parents break the necks of chickens, they saw animals being slaughtered, or they saw, talk about desensitized. Those people on such a primal level, in my opinion, are so far removed from the reality of animals. Animals have feelings the same way human beings do. The, The idea that we as humans are so superior that we're the only ones that have feelings and those animals are just nothing but products or are just things to be you know used for our consumption or wearing or whatever is so profoundly wrong and i think people that are brought up in those kind of situations so desensitized towards the feelings of animals. Animals are incredibly feeling beings, right? I mean, and that's something I think they they have this just this viewpoint that they're that they have no feelings. Well, now that we've lost all the farmers, <laughs> they've all tuned out, or they're angry at us. Um, no, I think <laughs> I, I think that's their programming, uh, and I don't I don't think don't get off farmers. I don't think- we listen to you. We hear you all the time. We nod our heads. We don't have arguments with you. Do us the the <clears throat> courtesy of continuing to listen to this, even if you don't don't agree. And I think and be open minded. I, that, you know, if, if you're brought up that way, you don't know any different. Um, and I think there's probably people that grew up on the farm. If you grew up on a farm, you'd still be who you are. You you know you it, you'd be going. There's not that can't be going on. Where where are the animals going? You you know so I mean I just think some people uh, are e- easily more easily programmed and then defend that programming, whether we know it or not. Our our minds want to make us happy, and sometimes it's done in a in a way that doesn't uh, benefit us. So whatever you're you've been programmed to believe, your mind will defend that, and that's why people get angry when they hear another perspective yeah rather than listen and mull it over and have respect for other people's views and how they live well and to drive my point home a little bit as far as the farmers go and I know I was really strong on what I said is that it's a generational thing too they're combating probably decades of family members being being uh farmers this is the way right this this is is the way it's done so that's that's not their fault it's just, it's nobody's fault. It's just the programming that's been ingrained in their family soul circle. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so then the other thing I wanted to just mention is that an interesting fact about being vegetarian, vegan, is that 
there are a large number of people that are empathic that are actually vegetarian and vegan because empaths are very sensitive to emotions. And so a lot of people that are empathic are sensitive to animals' emotions because animals are feeling beings just like we are. And so a lot of empaths end up being vegetarian because they can't handle the suffering of animals or the idea or the ima- imagining the, suf- that, that the suffering of animals. being that has um, emotions and um, feelings and, and it, not at the level that maybe we can contemplate things. Um, we, you know, our minds are, um, create more maybe than, than some of the animals, um, but they do have feelings and emotions. Um, uh, that's just, you know, someone that doesn't believe that it's, I mean, we, we, our work is with these animals and I see it all the time. And not just dogs and cats. I mean, you can see videos of cows, of horses, of pigs. Mm-hmm. Pigs, by the way, are incredibly intelligent animals. Right. Um, you know, and in other countries, they kill dogs for, for meat. Right. So how is that? So so we judge that as if that's bad, but we don't judge killing again, a cow again, it's, as it's, bad. It's just people that are on autopilot. And that, yeah, I, it's... Like they'll see a video of people in another country, you know, with with the dogs and cats in a market, and they think, "Oh my gosh, that's horrible!" And it's they they disconnected from the idea of what's in their country. You know, there there are people in other areas that don't eat pigs or don't eat cows, and you know they would look, they could probably look at the same thing at an American person, that same person being upset. You know, it they just. It's, you're always looking out and not judging yourself or, or examining your, your own way of life. You, that's, that's a problem. And that's, that's a huge good point is rather if, you know, those of you that are watching this and, or listening to this and, you know, getting, uh, <clears throat> having a hard time with what we're saying is rather than judge us or be angry at us look within yourself and what feels right to you that is the evolving soul the evolving soul is one that is able to look at others and accept them for who they are and i i joke all the time with my friends and family when they not my family my friends that when we go out to eat especially new people or acquaintances i know and they say will you be offended if i eat meat when we go out to eat and I laugh and I say, that's so kind of you to say that. But if I was offended by you eating meat, I would have no, no one to eat out with because most everybody I know are meat eaters. So it's not up to me to judge other people for what they choose to decide to be part of and, and partake in in their life. What I need to do is take care of myself and what I think is right for me. Well, and the bigger point is that we, a lot of our culture has been, uh, we've been taught that we can control things outside of our own head, and that's wrong. Um, If we all started understanding that we can't control or tell other people how to live their lives, we can't control things, um, the only thing we have control over is our attitude and how we um, move through this life. Um, 
so there are things most things we can't control and then there's things we have some control over and then there's there's things we have no control i mean or or you know and that that we do have control and that's just our attitude and so you know if we realize that that's you go through life so much happier and easier for everybody when you don't try to uh make everything bend everything to your will you can't and that's why it's really important to know the differences between people different kinds of vegans and vegetarians as an example Mm -hmm. is that we choose to reflect upon the decisions that we make ourselves in our own lives and to let go of any expectations of anybody else the difference between that way of living and that perspective is those vegetarian vegans that are so upset that human beings kill and eat meat and animals and they are very vocal about it and they you know post everything on social media they talk about it and they make a lot of enemies <laughs> well, they, you know it's not just you know vegetarians against meat eaters there, there are people along the stages of veganism mm-hmm. or vegetarianism that that get angry with each other. Right. Um, and that's right. just, it's just exactly. it's not just, beneficial. No, and I guess my point is I was just using, because this is the topic of conversation, this is an example that we need to be paying attention to what we're doing and what feels right to us. And I believe that we need to live in harmony with the world and we need to do no harm. Do no harm to anyone, animals or people. That's how I choose to live my life. And I need to forgive <clears throat> and and let go of any expectations of anybody else and their philosophy on their life. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to eat myself up alive because I don't have control. Right. And again, because most people are meat eaters. I hope someday that changes, but in the meantime, I don't want to beat myself up or hurt myself inside and internally with suffering because other people are not doing what I'm doing. Right. So let's circle back with what the other thing that you were saying. Uh, We're getting on near 30 minutes of this podcast, and I'm trying to be mindful to keep it to like 45 minutes. Animal lovers say they they see something uh, like a suffering animal that maybe was in that position because people weren't taking care of it or abusing it, and they say I hate people. Yeah, and that's the point. Yeah, that you that again is is another flavor of I can control the world. I you know they that's just a, they don't understand how this individual, but then they say I hate people, and that's that's just such a negative re, you know and. Or people suck. People are terrible. Right, right. That's the, you. You've got to stop that kind of punishing programming to yourself. Um, that individual did something wrong on purpose or by accident, I, or they were sick. I, you know, there's different reasons that people do what they do. Do what they do, or don't do what they do. Like, right. like neglect to take care of an animal. Uh, but that's an individual. It's it's a it's a small percentage of people that are sick and maybe need help. Um, but yeah, you can't just go, I hate people. Well, you, and, and you, you, you need to connect more with people. And if we connect more in a, in a positive way, that's beneficial to ourselves 
and to the other people around us, then we can share more positive information between each other and we can all get along better and be more connected. And then maybe instead of saying I hate people and not watching out for what's going on, more people become aware of what's going on around them. So someone leaves a dog in a, a car uh, you know, there was an article the other day of a, uh, someone that was arrested and their dog was left in a car for four days in oh. a parking lot at a Walmart. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, how does no one notice this? I mean, if you and I were walking in that parking lot, we would notice it. We would say something. We would get, we would call the police, whatever. We would do something. And, I, you know, more people need to be aware of what's going on and question what's going on but not in an angry, judgmental way. Just, you know, how can I be beneficial? How can I help okay, and, what, and connect? Can, can I just broaden that a little bit? Because your, yeah. your examples are with people that are animal abusers or neglectors. From a bigger perspective, those of us that love animals, and if you're listening to this podcast, you clearly love at least domesticated animals for sure, is... The bigger picture is is that we tend to really embrace animals or domesticated pets because that's basically you know what we're talking about right now, um, and because they don't judge us and they love us and they show a gratitude and appreciation, we see all these great qualities in animals, and so we're looking at human beings as being uh, not like that, not human beings being evil or cruel or mean just in general. And so we put animals on a pedestal and we put a vast number of human beings uh, in this pot of ick, like, like, and say broad statements like uh, people suck, people are terrible or whatever. Because we see the beauty of animals, we see the, the, the flaws in humans. But let me tell you something. Animals are flawed too. People are not the only things that are flawed. Believe me, you and I have been in the animal rescue business for 20 years. There are a lot of flawed animals that are far from perfect that cause lots of problems for people. Same as people do, right? Yeah. So saying that, you know, and, and saying that animals give unconditional love and they're so perfect, that's not true. <laughs> that's not necessarily true. If you have a really perfect dog or cat, maybe they give you unconditional love, but we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and we are their servants. It's not like that. So, Well, I mean, they're, they're individuals that they have different uh, abilities. Personalities. Different personalities, just like, and we see it, we work with them. Some of them are more, they, I think, possess us rather than love us they're like that's my human <laughs> bring me more food um some of them are more grateful right um they just have different personalities and being in the business we're in we get the broken ones too so just like people that um are broken we we have to deal with animals that are difficult um and sometimes again there are certain animals that were brought up to um be aggressive 
and we have to deal with that. And that's just like people. There are people that can be trained, uh, programmed to be more aggressive and angry. Um, and that's, uh, at, at, a, at a human level, we are more complicated minds, make it even more complicated uh, to correct that kind of behavior. So back to kind of with all that background and thoughts for you all to just just keep in mind, just be curious about what we're saying, is circling back to what Chuck said, which I think is just wonderful, is to at least entertain the idea of not having the narrative, if you love animals, that all people suck, or using broad statements about uh, people being bad, because that is not true. And can you say one more time about uh, what viewpoint you should have of people, Chuck? Um, what makes more sense and is healthier? To have empathy, realize that we're all connected. We all have the same basic needs. We all have the same feelings. Uh, I just view other people as an extension of my own energy and mind. And I, I understand that there are people that have been programmed differently and are in different stages uh, on the path of life. And, um, you know, I have to accept that some people are not going to spiritually or mentally grow beyond a certain point. And I have to love them regardless. And that's much better way to go through life than being angry and upset. Um, because that does no good for yourself or for the world around you. Absolutely. Good, good last points for this podcast. And so if you're still listening to this, then you <laughs> are practice, especially if you don't agree with our opinion about eating animals. And so I commend you for being open to listening to what we have to say and we say the same for you, is that we may not always agree with the choices that you make, but we still will respect you and will still care about you and still want the best for you, right? That's it. That's it. So that's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Sandy Kamen Wisniewski and... Chuck Wisniewski. And we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Are you interested in reading more stories of animals that shape our lives? Check out all my books that are available for sale at www.sandykamenwisniewski.com. Are you looking to adopt a new family member? See all of our available dogs, cats, rabbits, guinea pigs, birds, and much more on our website at www.aear.org.